check, check. Let me ask you a favor. Okay. The pastor needs turned up, if you would, please. If you have your Bibles, if you'll take them with me as we share Bible decree this morning. Children, you are dismissed to head back to Children's Chapel. God bless you. All right, if you have your Bible, let's share a Bible decree together. This is my Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Our precious Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you today. Lord, thankful that your Holy Spirit is here with us. And that, Lord, today that we can learn from the, the scriptures, from the only book that matters on this side of the kingdom. And so, Father, today we pray that you will speak into our hearts and into our lives. And that we will feel your presence more today than we did last week and the week before. But, Father, we thank you that in those moments of communion, that we were able to stop last week and just reflect upon your sufferings. So today, Father, we exalt you and we thank you that through that, through your death, burial, and resurrection, that we can experience you today here on this earth. Thank you, Father, that we no longer reside by the law, that we reside in grace. For it's by grace we are saved. And so, Father, we thank you again that today we can hear from you. Lord, speak to us and teach us. And Lord, hide me behind the cross. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. The Holy Spirit is quite a topic of discussion. As many of us can say, I don't know how the Holy Spirit has been an individual experience for me. I'll never forget in my life, and the Lord just brought this to me this morning. But as I have experienced just what the Holy Spirit does in the midst of suffering, I know that for many of us, we've all been able to journey through grief. We've been able to journey through mourning. For some of us right now, that's what you're going through. Maybe you've lost somebody very close and very near and dear to you. But I remember that one morning when I received a phone call from my father that says, Grandma is passing away. So I rushed right over there. State Route 59 in Ravenna. And I remember going in there, and I know they had the curtains closed. The shears, the blinds, everything were closed because she wanted it dark. My grandma knew who Jesus was. She got saved early or later in her life, probably in her late 40s and early 50s. Even though she grew up there in the hills of Kentucky, and even though religion was such a, a big part of who they were, she used to say to me all the time, I just want to make sure I make it to heaven. And I said, Grandma, didn't you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior? Yes, but have I been good enough? Well, church, I'm here to tell you today, it's not by your works that you're saved. It's through faith and it's through grace in Jesus Christ. And so I said, Grandma, over and over again, because of the teachings that she had experienced, she kept thinking that I might lose my salvation. Well, church, I'm here to tell you that God commended his love. He demonstrated his love toward us. And while we were yet sinners, he died for us. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, his one and only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 6.23 We realize that our Father is everlasting. And I would say to Grandma, you have to understand, haven't you seen evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life? Yes, Todd, I have. Then I would say, then what are you worried about? Remembered what I said earlier about John 14? You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be troubled. Remember who our God is. He loves you. He cares for you. He even sent his son to die for you. Grandma, the Holy Spirit is rich and he's real. So as I walked in there, and there was my aunts and my, my dad was there. And we were gathered around that bed. And I said, well, I believe that, that as Grandma is passing, that she's going to be into the arms of Jesus. What a great time for me to be able to just express to, to my loved ones, really, the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And I know that as a minister over the last 25 years that I've had the privilege of being by the bedside of so many people that have passed who've experienced the glory. And so as we were there, I'll never, I'll never forget this as long as I live. We prayed, I said amen, and as I said amen, remember we're in a very dark room. The shades are closed, the blinds are closed, the shears are there in curtains. And as I said amen... A sunlight of beam came shooting right down on her bed. Again, can I remind you that it was pitch black in that room. The clouds opened up. It had been raining. The clouds opened up. And it was a sun-shining day. What did I just experience? I experienced what happens when God's child leaves this earth and expires into glory, into heaven, into the kingdom. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. I remember being at Akron City. And as I was at Akron City, I'll never forget the, the, the now it's what, Suma? City of Akron Hospital, now Suma. I remember being there with Luana, which was Russ Steiner's wife. When she was passing, we were singing Amazing Grace and it was just a glorious, wonderful day. And people will say, but how is it that, is the Holy Spirit real? What is He? I said, well, just wait and watch through death. You'll see the Holy Spirit in all of its glory. You will see the evidence of God the Father. You will experience Jesus Christ you will know for sure without a doubt in your life and in your mind that Jesus is alive. They said, well, we're going to come in and we're just going to go ahead and usher, you know, this medicine so that she can expire very peacefully. And so they did that. And, and I remembered as I was there even that day, Luana knew that she was getting ready to be into the arms of Jesus. Personally, I felt that he was already in that room, and he was just waiting to say, hey, let's get out of here. She had to leave her loved ones, but realized, but heaven is so much greater. It's so much more magnificent. And so as we prayed, and I said amen, and we watched, we had 60 seconds, and she expired on this dark, cloudy, rainy day. And Russ is out in the foyer. But I'll never forget as long as I live that moment when that light came into that room, blew it up. 
there was a glowing demonstration, much better than July 4th. Right then, the peace of Almighty God came upon all of us. There was a silence in the room that you would never, ever imagine or could believe. What peace, what comfort that I had. I noticed, I noticed then that there was a breakthrough. She opened up. She left this old carnal body and went home to be with the Lord. And he said, don't you worry about me. I'm there with you. Today's story, I love it because it's one of my favorite in all of scriptures. And if you will, please turn with me to Romans chapter, I'm sorry, John chapter 12. John chapter 12. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John chapter 12. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 8. And here's where Jesus was anointed at Bethany. Here's where the alabaster, many say box, but it was a clay jar, was broken open, was spilled out. And so much started to take place right there, right then, as she experienced who Jesus was. Then it says here in John chapter 12, verse 1, six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard, and Jesus, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. Oh, the house was filled with the fragrance, filled with the glory, But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, that perfume was worth a year's wages. should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Jesus replied, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. When all of the people heard of Jesus' arrival, is this really happening again this week? You know, because we're talking on such a serious matter, I love that the enemy hates when we speak. Amen? So, I have another mic. And if I have to, I will yell real loud. Don't you get that old Baptist in me going? You all have heard me be a little old regular. That was my granny. Just kidding. And I did. So then, the leading priest decided to kill Lazarus, too. For it was before, because of him that many of the people had deserted him and believed in Jesus. We can continue to keep going in Mark chapter 14, verses 3 through 9, and also Matthew 26, 6 through 13. But here what I want you to notice that she touched Jesus. Walking away smelling like Jesus. 
watch this. She anoints Jesus' feet with oil, right? She's in the presence of Jesus. She gives him the oil that is reflective of the same aroma that you would give at the time of death. I love the correlation here. The correlation is this. She knew that he was the son of God. She realized that he wasn't just a rabbi, that Jesus was the son of Almighty God. So she washes his feet, shows a sign of humility with her hair. But this is what's cool. When she walks away from Jesus, who does she smell like? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting on? If you align yourself with Jesus, if you serve Jesus, if you give to him, when you walk away and when you have fellowship with Jesus, then when you walk away, you just experience Jesus. Isn't that cool? I mean, it's amazing. Hallelujah. So here's what I noticed about Mary's alabaster box, about her jar. That she said, it's only when I humble myself that he lifts me up. So as I started to, to look at this message, I, I, was, I was like moved within my spirit. And I have pages here. Don't know if I'll even get to all the pages. We'll just go right where the Holy Spirit leads. Amen. We have heard Christians say, I'm just waiting on God. I'm just waiting for my breakthrough. And others, I don't know what God wants me to do. I haven't heard anything from him in the last six years, in the last six weeks, in the last six hours, in the last six months. Listen, the Holy Spirit anoints us with God's presence. It is important and it is also imperative to have the anointing, the presence of God in your life. It is important and it's imperative to have that anointing in your life. Now, for many of us, we may not understand what the word anoint means, but the word actually anoint means to smear or to rub something all over an object. And when we are anointed with the Holy Spirit, we are rubbed all over. We are smeared all over, and we're filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, Pastor, you sound a little charismatic right now because I am. Because I am. And here's, here's, where, here's what we've done. We have locked up the Holy Spirit because we've never seen evidence of the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about, listen. Let me, let, me, let me say something here. I'm going to add a little bit of an advertisement here. Breaking out from your past and walking in the newness of, of Christ and breaking open means that you experience Jesus Christ. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That doesn't mean you walk around here and I have you flop around on the floor and bust your head into the, the side of that banister over here. No, the evidence of the Holy Spirit will be seen when you start walking and talking and fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. See, people will say, I don't see the anointing in your life until I've noticed the manifestation in your life. Well, I don't need to have that outward manifestation of flopping around like a fish. 
without going any further. I want the manifestation to be seen and the evidence of the Holy Spirit to be seen as you as you observe my life. People need to see Christ in your life. And the Holy Spirit needs to be evident in your life. You see, the stronger the anointing is, the more others know it. That there's something a little different about you. Yet most, if not all, will not know what it is. They do not understand what caused the change. They can't put their finger on it. Yet they see that there is something different about you. And you ask why? For you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. He lives and he dwells in you. Watch this. Because now you have character. Now you've gotten a little bit more honest with yourself and with others. And you are one of those, which we can't say we see much of this anymore, that keeps their word. Your words, your actions are uplifting to those around you. So what really happens when you are anointed? Well, you start to begin to speak radical things in your life. What happens when you receive the anointing? You start to experience radical things in your life. God will open doors for you that no man could open. In one way, the anointing is a free gift of God that you receive and you share with others and it makes a difference. But the other hand, there's a price to pay for that anointing. I love that John's first epistle helps you see them see it more clearly it says in first john chapter 2 verse 20 you have been anointed by the holy one all of you have knowledge it does not say that some some of you that someday you will be anointed if you really try hard it says here that you have been anointed you have been given unction in your junction did I say that the other day, too? Unction, unction, what's your function? I, I just had to put that back in this message, too. You're You've received the unction and the anointing from the Holy One, who is God the Father. You have received knowledge. You know the truth. The Scripture says you know all things. So here's what it says if I were to look a little further here in verse 27 of John chapter 2. But as for you, the anointing, the sacred appointment, the unction which you receive from him abides permanently in you. The Holy Spirit is in you if you've been born again. He is in you. Interesting. If you've been born again, he is in you. He abides in you permanently, and he is not going to leave you. The scripture goes on to state, so you have no need that anyone should instruct you. Now, when it says that you do not need anyone to instruct you, let me correct you. Let me repeat you this. It does not mean that you do not need to be taught through Christian preaching or teaching. It means that you do not need someone telling you all of the time how you should run and live your life. Because if you are a born-again Christian, if you are sold out, separated, sanctified, I need another S. Saved for him, 
then your life should be just that, holy, anointed, and sold. Here's what it says in Romans chapter 7. That we are no longer led by the law. In verse 6 it says we have been released from the law. We died to it and are no longer captive to it or to its power. Serve God not by law. For this is a new way of living in the spirit. You see, Jesus fulfilled the law. And I'm leading up to something here today. Jesus died to the law. And when he died, we died. Praise God for now we have a brand new way of life. We are a new creation in Jesus Christ. You are led by the promptings of the Holy Spirit, by the gentle promptings and urgings, by the leadership of the Holy Spirit. You are led by the anointing that lies within your very being. And when there is anointing, you will experience peace, a peace that passes all understanding. And when there is an anointing, there is joy. There is so much joy at this church. For see, I followed the Lord. I surrendered at 15. I served as a youth pastor and a minister of music in Ravenna, Ohio for 12 years. Left there, went to Norton. Was there a couple years? Went to uh, Cuyahoga Falls. Was there a couple years? Started our church. Was in North Hill. Now for what, 14 years? We're getting ready to celebrate our 15-year anniversary because there's favor of God. Amen. Let me, let me just share this with you. This isn't in there, but this is an advertisement because, you know, my ADD just kicked in. I just love talking about God. You have to have a God story, right? And if you don't have a God story, where's the Holy Spirit, right? We've got to brag about the Holy Spirit today. We all probably could just say, let's just talk about the Holy Spirit. Let's have a little roundtable here, right? And we would all have stories of seeing God's glory. But I'll never forget when that real estate agent said to us, I am sorry, but we will not do a land contract. That's why there's a for sale sign outside the building. That is why that this building is up for sale. They already talked to the board. They already said this isn't going to happen. And then I said to him, do you know who I am? And he said, who are you? I said, I'm a big deal. I'm Jesus' son. I have the favor of Almighty God. So he's like, Okay. At that point, he said, no, you're a nut job. And what you just said really doesn't matter anything. Eighty years old was this real estate agent. Eighty years old. And so as he's looking at me with that stern, this is never going to happen. I go, hold on a minute. Just give me a minute. Me, Leslie, Dave, we went to her house. We typed up this real beautiful, well-written, fluent, like awesome letter that consisted of two paragraphs very bottom of it we just said may you find us in your favor as you accept this letter of intent he called me up he goes what are you doing i said oh we're having a, a yard sale mr real estate agent he goes really he goes hey can you just go inside the house and i want to talk to you real quick about what the board meeting is all about and i said okay so he told us and he said i've never seen this before but the people that said they would never do a land contract is doing a land contract and I said, didn't I tell you who I was? I'm a child of the Most High God. See, I've been anointed. I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And when God tells us to do something, you better do it. Don't wait for somebody else to do it. You move on that prompting. And this whole ministry, I could take the next 20 minutes 
and just share story after story after story after story after story about what God has done. Watch this. So at the other building, before we sell it, you know, we're remodeling it. And I still love this. It gives me goosebumps to this day. Here's favor. And so, you know, and, and I'm jumping over here. But we're going to tell a little bit of a sighting story at ABC where Matt is actually the office manager and all that good stuff. And so I said, hey, talk to him one day. I said, we need some siding. He's like, well, what do you need? I said, you know, I, I'd really like to do the church gray. I'd like to do some kind of like this gray that's here in the sanctuary. I said, can we just do maybe that Victorian gray or whatever that was called? Is that what it was called? Okay. And he's like, well, sure. And I said, can you just talk to Scott and find out if maybe we can get a discount or what it's going to cost us? He called me back. He goes, how many square did you say you needed? How many was that at that time? 24, 27 and a half? 20-something or another, 20-something perfect. He said, you're not going to believe this. So we plugged it into the computer. We went to the other warehouse. In the back of the warehouse, up on the rack, was this same exact color, same name, same everything that you just asked for, and the same amount that you need, 24-something and something. And I said, you have 24-something and something? And he said, yeah. I said, that's amazing. And he, you know what he said? And we're going to do something. The manager just told me he's going to donate it to New Hope. I said, glory, I'm all about all these somethings. Isn't that amazing? I mean, come on. We, I tell people all the time, I, I like when they, they, they come here. And it was so great when she came, Katie. You guys know that when people come here, you don't leave. Just letting you know. I will hold you hostage. I just warn people all the time because... Just if, if you stop in here or a friend stops in or whatever, I will hold you hostage. Because, see, you have to hear about the house of the Lord. See, what people don't know out there on that street is what the anointing does when the anointing starts to flow. And when the anointing started to flow 15 years ago, we've been on. See, everybody else gets out on their rack. I get on my rack. Come on, we just go right with it. We've been doing this all along. It's been exciting. Boy, it's been a ride, let me tell you. And uh, But as the all-skates lady came, we're getting ready to have all this landscape, so wait by our anniversary. It'll be beautiful outside, donated by somebody here in our church, says you're, you want the, the property to look beautiful. Hallelujah, amen. That's favor. So we, so she comes here, and I'm like, oh, and she's like, wow, what a beautiful pavilion. And I said, thank you. She said, um, so how long have you guys been here? I said, a year. I said, you can't landscape until you see the inside of our building. Pastor Luke, can we unlock the building right now? So she's like, oh, okay. What does the outside have to do with the inside? And she comes in. Ready? Wow. Wow. I didn't know this looked like this on the end. I would have never. This is really nice. I said, yeah, God provided it for us. You know what the story is? You got a few minutes. I have a story to share. I didn't even let her answer. I didn't. I thought I'm not going to let her answer. She's already stuck right there in the back of the sanctuary. She's held hostage. She has to see and hear about the anointing of Jesus. Right? So after I was done, she's like, wow, I've got goosebumps. I said, good, you should. You want to keep hearing some stories? I got more to tell you. Listen. When we limit the power of the Holy Spirit, we limit the power of God in our life, and we can't experience the anointing that God has for us. 
when you move into a church building that is worth $1 million worth of parsonage and you see the favor of God open up the doors for $125,000, you know that that 24-something-something, that that land contract that he said would be nothing-nothing, all exploded into this great, wonderful, wonderful. Amen? I mean, God is really blessed. That is the anointing. That's how God works in our life. That's not me. That is using the giftings that we have within us to fulfill the gospel. And I'm going to speak to you in a very loving yet merciful kind way. What you don't see is where there were marriages that were breaking up that were destroyed centuries and centuries ago. You don't see the lives that have changed, the people that have been saved, the hope that is now placed in their heart and in their life. This is all material. And if they told us you cannot meet inside your building because you have to be something six foot apart and you have to do all that, well, we now have a pavilion. See, I was setting up for this whole thing. But you see, even though we were setting up for it, God already saw the picture. He knew what was going on. See, he can see what we cannot see. And so God was already doing his work. He was preparing his church for a fresh anointing. See, you can't stop walking in the spirit of the Lord. And when Mary came with that alabaster clay jar, and we know this, the song that says alabaster box, I'll be playing it here at the, in a few minutes. But even in that story and in that narrative, it really hit me because I thought, yeah, I've always noticed that she was bringing him a gift. But she walked away feeling more fulfilled, let me get it out of there, feeling more fulfilled than she did when she was just offering a gift. You see, church, when you use your giftings, because you are like a clay jar, ready to be ripped open, broken open for God to use you. But see, you won't take off that lid. You won't break open up that jar. You can't do that because you're afraid of where God's going to take you. It's scary when we surrender our lives to Almighty God. It's scary when we give up all of our needs, all of our wants, all of our self-centeredness, and we have to say, God, here I am. I'm going to live out my life. I'm giving to you. It's interesting for me because people will say to me, I can't give monetarily. Oh, okay. Well, then neither can I. None of us want to give monetarily. Nobody wants to tithe. But once you start tithing and you become obedient and you start seeing what God does in your life, you will want to give more and more. You'll just want to give everything up. You'll just want to sacrifice your life all for him. Listen, church, do you understand that what God has given you and blessed you with, he can give you more and take care of you more and more? You're talking about a guy who started a cleaning company 27 years ago. And talk about favor. I'm 654 Second Avenue in Ravenna, Ohio. I'm living in, I mean, it was the most gorgeous neighborhood you'd ever see. I mean, streets of pearl and just, ooh, you wouldn't look. No, it's not. We'll call it the hood. So anyhow, I bought the house. It was one of my dad's rental properties. And we, we moved in. We fixed it up. Becky and I are young. We didn't care. But reality is, I knew that our church, which was right up the street, needed an associate pastor and a youth pastor. 
They didn't pay me for that position. I went there for free and God placed in my mind, he's like, wait a minute. If you continue to go forward with the cleaning company, you can then give and not put a burden on the small church. And so that's how Catholic professional cleaning came about almost 20 years ago. I stopped doing what I was doing, and we moved forward in the cleaning industry so that we could help small churches that couldn't afford a full-time youth pastor. But may I also remind you that it comes with a and I'll never forget when I would look at the water bill and I would look at the electric bill and I would look at my car insurance and I would look at my house payment, $471. $400, wow. I, back then I thought this, I mean, it doesn't matter. When you're broke as a joke, $479 looked like $4,790. And I remember Beck and I, we would go kneel next to our bed and we'd lay out all of our bills and we'd lay our hands on them. And we'd touch them all. And we'd ask God, anoint, 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 anoint. Lord Jesus, let it come. Bring the monies in. I need some money. As we were touching everything, <laughs> we're like, oh, God, help us. We are broke. We have no money. We have two little people here in our house. I'm like, oh, we need all we can get. And you know what? It was amazing because right then, remember how I started off about the anointing of my grandmother? Well, that same grandma called me up on the phone. She's like, and I quote, don't ever tell your pastor this. He will kill you. Toddy, what are you doing? I just said that to you. I don't want to hear it. Okay. Toddy, what are you doing? I said, well, grandma, I'm, you know, I'm just kind of working around here at the house and getting ready. You guys got a carpet cleaning job. Oh, honey, I'll need you to come over here. I've got some carpet that needs to be cleaned. And, you know, she starts talking. And I said, oh, that would be great. I'll be right over. I went over and cleaned her carpet. And as I was cleaning the carpet, you know, I'm all done. And, and I'm praying, Lord Jesus, bring us some money. Oh, just kidding. I didn't say that. Uh, I was just there to serve her and, and show her love. But then I realized, and I was able to look back on this day, that I'll never forget my electric bill and how much that electric bill was. Like $87 and some change. Something, something. And uh, so it was $87 and something, something, right? So anyhow, I, I then, as I, as I was uh, cleaning those carpets, got all done. And she's like, well, honey, how much do I owe you? And I said, well, Grandma, you don't owe me anything. I did it out of your, the kindness of my heart. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm paying you. I said, Grandma, you don't owe me anything. I just I wanted to come over and be a blessing to you. And... Uh, so I go outside, and I'm loading up my equipment and all that kind of stuff and walk back in. She's like, honey, I just want to give you a love gift. It's over there on that table. I walked over there. I picked up that check. I went, oh, no, you didn't. Oh, yes, you did. Oh, no, you didn't. Woo! That's my electric bill right down to the change. $87 and something, something. Seriously, that was the story. That same week, my sister Tina, right here, called me up and said, Todd, I need you to clean our carpet. So I went over there. She goes, what do I do? I said, sis, you don't owe me anything. And she goes, well, yeah, I do, Todd. And I said, no, you don't. And I, I said, give me a love offering, whatever it is. She handed me a check, and I went, whoa, what just happened? The anointing is flowing right now. There was the rest of my bills, all in that one check, right to the penny. 
Who would have ever thought? That's how our God works. See, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. And when you start to notice that the anointing starts to flow, that you start walking in the newness of Christ, you start to see things that you've never experienced before. Listen, I have watched God do this to me. I've been on a roller coaster ride. I mean, the Gemini has nothing on Jesus' roller coaster. And when he starts taking you for a ride and you go through the double loop and the triple loop and all kinds of twists and turns, you'll know you'll get off there feeling all kinds of dizzy and everything. Here's what I want you to do. I think I just got filled with the Holy Spirit from what I've been going through. It's amazing. Yeah, I might give you a visual of what's going on, but I want you to notice here in Romans chapter eight. Let's turn there. Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to turn that over here in my KJV because I like the wording in here. But Romans chapter 8, verses 4 through 9. Romans 8, 4 through 9. And it's talking about just walking in the life of the Spirit. And it says here that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do not mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, they do the things and they mind the things of the what? Of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, is an enemy against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Woo! Did you just read what I just read? That if you're walking in the flesh, you cannot please God. But in verse 9 it says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. And I can keep going, talking about inheritance and so on and so forth about the spirit. But let's look at verse 9 again. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwells in you. He abides in you. He takes residence in you. He, he, he speaks to you. He's a part of your whole chemical DNA. He says that if you accept me, you accept me into my heart, into my life. That's our Savior. And he says, now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So what Paul was saying there is, do not walk in the flesh, walk in the Spirit. And the only way that you can ever start to see God work in your life is if you will get rid of the junk in your trunk. You've got to break open up that jar. You've got to show and feel and to experience righteousness. When was the last time that you said, you know what? I'm ready to break open. I'm ready to break out. I'm ready to become free because I've been living in this misery for years. If you've been residing in your head, if you've been residing in your heart of all the things of your past, let it go. Say this with me. Let it go. Amen. We've got to let it go, man. We've got to walk in victory and freedom, the Holy Spirit needs 
of evidence in there. I'm not going to turn there because of time, but in 1 Samuel chapter 10 and also in 1 Samuel chapter 24, we know the story of King Saul and David. And I love that David, you know, we, we know that David found favor with God. He had an anointing on him. And King Saul also had an anointing on him. But King Saul decided to allow what to creep up in his life? Pride. Yeah, he, he became so egotistical. And so David could have done the same thing. Don't think that you have arrived because you'll be back on that Jesus roller coaster. You'll be going through that triple loop. I'm serious. Because God knows his children. He knows your journey. He knows what you're going through. He says, old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Walk in the anointing. Also, the anointing means to enable, to use those gifts that God has for you. So watch. King Saul was a blessed man. It says he was very handsome, a man of stature. And yet when he fell asleep, David came into the cave and he cut off part of his robe. And the men said to him, why don't you just kill King Saul? And you know what he said? I'm not killing him. Are you kidding me? Do you know who he is? He is a big deal. Guys were scratching their heads and said, he's a what? He's a big deal. Now I'll give you the King James Version translation. I shall not touch him, for he is anointed of God. Anointed. See, I know that when I surrender from that seat in that church, and I walk down that aisle and I surrender to 15, my life will stop my own. And let me tell you, church, that this man, when I have veered from it, consequences have been in my face. Because just like any one of us parents, our Heavenly Father chastises us, not because he hates us, but because he loves us and he cares for us. Do you get that? Because he cares for you. And it was again that David said to them, as they went back to the camp, they asked him, why don't you just take the life of King Saul? And he said again to them, do you not understand? He is anointed of God. And we can look in the Old Testament and says, touch not God's anointed. Wow. When we walk in the anointing and we start to see God work in our be careful of your viewpoint. Be careful of what you do. See, where there is no vision, the people perish. God has given you and I the gift of vision. And he's, he's made it work. I mean, things have happened that I am so glad that I surrendered to him years ago. I mean, it's all sincerity. Because when I start to feel the anointing, I just can't, I can't contain myself. It's amazing to me to think that God has gifted me. And again, the word anointing in the New Testament means enable. He has enabled me to use the gifts that he's planted within my heart and my life to further his kingdom. How is it working out in your life? Are you using your giftings for him? Are you using your anointings for him? It says in there that he gives you all knowledge. Get rid of all that stuff that's in your mind. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your Romans 12. 
If you're not renewed by your mind, you're not walking in the anointing. Don't let the circumstances of today affect the future for you tomorrow. Because you see, the Bible says tomorrow shall worry about itself. Don't worry about it. God has everything in the palm of his hands. So the question I need to ask each and every one of you, let's make it a little bit more personal before we close. How is it that you have been broken, that you have been spilled out? What is it or when is it? Where has it been? What have you done to say, God, I'm going to a place where it's not comfortable for me. I knew that that church needed a youth pastor. I knew that church needed a minister of music. I knew that church needed somebody bad. So I surrendered to the call. I surrendered. There was all kinds of twists and turns and problems. It was unbelievable. Ministry has not had been such a, a glorious ride for me. But walking with Jesus has been more glorious. Because people are people. We are crazy. We're chaos. And that's why God says, put your full trust in me, not in man, not in humanity. For God loves you. God loves your heart. And so back then, I, I surrendered to it. I never knew the impact that I would have on teenagers. I love youth. I love to take teenagers that, that just could not function well in their own family and then take them and say, man, you have potential. You're a winner, not a whiner. You're a victor. You're not a victim. You know you're a child of the Most High God. You have favor. The Spirit of God, you have anointing on your life. Say this with me. I have anointing. I have anointing. I got a phone call yesterday. Well, let's put a few this way. It wasn't a phone call. It received a mail from one of my youth, and I was actually kind of shocked, and it's been really a great burden of mine. And I'll never forget this young man and how much of an impact that he's left on my life. Yes, I've had to bury some of our youth. And it's, it's very, very sad for me because I've probably had in my life maybe 3,000 teenagers go through when I was a youth pastor for 17 years. But when we received this message yesterday, I didn't know how I felt in my spirit. I didn't know how to respond when my wife says, Todd, Todd, listen to this. I said, what? You need to get to Cleveland Clinic and you need to see Brandon. And I said, well, what's going on with him? This is one of my youth who's now 30. said, he's dying of cancer. I said, what? You've got to be kidding me. Just shocked. Many of you know Brandon. Brandon was a part of our church when he went to Riverside Drive. Yes, Brandon. And so he has a, a rare form of lymphoma. He's actually, he's not cognitive right now, and they don't know how much longer he's going to live, but, you know, his, they ended up writing us. His mom wrote me, and I thought, I could have been there with him. I could have been by his bedside. Here's a young man who had a troubled life. And I'll never forget, he, he would say things to me like in Tommy Hilfiger was really cool. And I had our Tommy Hilfiger clothing. You know, you want to do things to grab kids' attention. Man, I love your outfit. Okay. Well, washed them, gave them to him. Those are the coolest tennis shoes. Washed them, gave them to him. That's the greatest shirt. Gave it to him. I need a job. Hired him. I, Brandon used to run around with me all the time. I mean, we, he's a great young man. He had great influence. 
But it used to tell him all the time, Brandon, you have the anointing, but you just need to receive that anointing. And how are you going to receive that anointing? You're going to receive it by accepting Jesus and walking in the spirit, not in the flesh. Well, his journey has just been troublesome over the last 15 years. And even though he and I would, he would touch base with me, I would start to see the struggles in his life. And church, the reason why I'm concluding today's message with that story is this. I can give you all the points that I have up here in my message. But when you know that you give your life to a kid, your whole life, it's heartbreaking to me to think that this kid just kept so short. And that I'm going to try to get up here tonight to plead insanity. They're asking the doctors to see if I can come in just so I can go in there and hold his hand and kiss him on the forehead and let him know that he's loved. He had to understand that he was of value to God. And church, you are of value to God. You have worth. And he cannot continue to build the kingdom without your cooperation. And when you have the anointing in your life to bless somebody else, embrace that anointing. Take that anointing and say, I'm going to take Everything that I have in me, I'm never going to give up. I'm going to change who I am because someone needs hope. You're their story. So church today, where are you at in your anointing? Do you believe what I have to say? Do you understand what the scriptures have to say? Have you surrendered to his will? Have you said, not my will, but thine be done? Are you willing and ready to allow the spiritual power to connect within you to do something great i'll share this with you even back when those kids were teenagers i would walk up to them and say why are you doing this and they would look at me and say preacher how do you know that i said because the holy spirit told me am i lying am i correct in my thought they said no when i was 18 19 20 in my 20s i used to write down now you're all going to think this is a little bit crazy but i used to know who was coming to the altar I didn't, I didn't know why the Holy Spirit would speak to me that way. But I would write down each person's name and then show it to Becky and Tracy. And say, these people are moving and every person moved and came to the altar. You know what that is? That is the anointing of God. Use the anointing. I'm just a sold out, separated, surrendered pastor. There's things in my life I've wanted to do. But once you are sold out and separated for him, he will give you buildings. He will give you property. He will give you tractors. He will provide gravel. He will provide asphalt. He will give you a church. He will set up the YMCA. He will give you the Court Cultural Center. Because it's not about the building. It's about the Holy Word of God. And that is where the anointing flows. So today, if you've been struggling in your walk, if you've been struggling in your life, I want this song to play. And we're just going to sit in this room quietly. And if you want to sit here, if you feel like you want to come up and just kneel at the altar, you come and pray. But if you want to just sit, I'm not going to have people stand. It's just, I love this song. It's called Mary's Alabaster Box. And many of you have heard it. But I want to conclude our services today with this song because I believe that for many of us, we have the potential 
And if I had time, I would have ran to the store and I picked up some glow sticks. Do you guys know what glow sticks are, where you snap them? You know what that is? Every time I snap a glow stick, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. See, we have the potential within us. We're much like a glow stick. All people see is color. But once you snap that glow stick, once you snap that bracelet or that necklace, then people start to see that that thing starts to grow and it starts to illuminate. And people start to see Jesus Christ in your life. Will you be much like that? Will you start to allow the Holy Spirit to well up within you, to allow the Holy Spirit to become rich? And church, if you are here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I want you to know that eternity is waiting for you. Jesus Christ wants you to spend your life with him. He didn't go to the old-fashioned cross for no reason. He went there to give you a hope and a future and a life. We accept him today. Let us pray. Father, we love you, and we just thank you that, Lord, today we, we can look back on the word and understand that there's so much to be said and yet not much time. But, Lord, can we just all be encouraged within your word? Help us to, to embrace where you have been evident in all of our lives, how you have shown where when we've been broke that you've come in and you've shown us you didn't give us more than what we needed. You paid our bills. That, Lord, that when we started a church that it was just a church with 27 people and a desk. But, Father, you've grown it because you, you know the giftings that are within the community that you've birthed. And so, God, just use us to, for your glory and for your honor. Use us to, to allow people to see Jesus in our life. And, God, today there's somebody in this room that really needs a touch, your anointing, to know that there's a hope that there's peace, that, that you're in control, and that they're of another world. So God, we love you. We thank you that we can receive that, that we can walk in the Spirit, we can walk in truth, and we can give up lies. Lord, challenge us in this. Challenge us in our life. Help us to become better Christians and examples of the living God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.